Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We're beginning our conversation on Acts chapter 27. Edwin, we are quickly winding down this winding first down. season of Text Talk. Two more weeks. want to let you know about the upcoming season two where we're going to the Psalms. Really excited about that. Boy, that's going to be some good stuff. But we want to pick up with the Apostle Paul who is finally getting to make his travel to Rome fulfilling the vision of the Lord and the assurance that though he's been spending these years in prison in Caesarea Maritima, he will go to Rome. So, Edwin, as we look at Acts 27, what's our text for today? We're going to start in verse 9, read through verse 12, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, and not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. So talk about some oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, we pick up here in this reading verses 9 through 12. And what we had in the first eight verses of the chapter is, is really just kind of setting the stage for this journey. Luke does give us some details. And so it's been decided that Paul is supposed to travel to Italy. He is put into the custody of a centurion named Julius. And yet they seem to be charting, I guess, uh, their journey to Italy uh, by a couple of different ships. We've picked up some of Paul's um, traveling companions, some other Christians, some other preachers. Uh, We see the we show up, which suggests Luke gets to be on this journey. Aristarchus. So some other people we will meet in other places in the scriptures we know travel with Paul and we're Christians and we're gospel preachers. Uh, But what you bring us to today is Paul saying, okay, we've hit a spot here in our journey where it looks to me like uh, the weather's bad, season's bad. Maybe we shouldn't go on. Maybe this would be a very dangerous trip. In fact, uh, the way mine says uh, in verse 10, I'm reading from the New King James, men, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss of cargo and ship, but also our lives. Uh, why would he say that, Edwin? He he knows the Lord gave him a vision. He's going to get to Rome. Why would he say, if we sail now, we're going to drown? I'm not exactly sure why he says that at this moment. Uh, apparently, Paul has knowledge of the seasons and well, how it impacts sea travel. To that end, we have been reading in the book of Acts where he has traveled kind of all over the eastern portion of the Roman Empire and been in ships and even been in some shipwrecks that would seem before now. But but your question brings up a point to me that I think is important for us to understand about the nature of inspiration mm. because Paul is incorrect about this. 
Well, you're kind of giving away what the rest of the chapter says. I am. <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> spoiler! Spoiler! You come back later, you'll find out that actually nobody dies. There is great loss of cargo. There is a terrible shipwreck. And there's awful shipwreck. Yeah. But nobody dies. I, uh, um, I don't know what Paul's thinking was. Maybe Paul thought, I'm going to tell these guys how this is going to be. I know God's getting me to Rome, and I'm going to tell them how this is going to be, and they're going to decide not to go. Yeah. Maybe that's what he's thinking. But they actually end up going. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what will eventually happen is the Lord will reveal to Paul via an angel that I'm going to save everyone. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. is going to die. But th- the reason why this is important for us to look at is because there is an idea that I think we need to grasp about inspiration Someone looks at this and says, well, Paul said this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. What's the deal? I thought Paul was inspired. Yeah, I thought Paul was a prophet. Is he giving a false prophecy here? So understanding the nature of inspiration is important because what we, what we have to understand about inspiration is Paul is not inspired. Peter is not inspired. The apostles were not inspired. Scripture is inspired. Mm. God's message is inspired, and he uses these people Mm -hmm. to bring about his inspired message. But that does not mean that someone whom God has given a gift of prophecy or whom God has used as a prophet, suddenly everything that spouts out of their mouth is the word of God. So to – let's see if I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down here. The idea you're saying is if God chooses to speak through a prophet – well, then that's the word of God. But God's not constantly speaking through a prophet. Not every word that comes out of a prophet's mouth is the word of God. I mean, it's this 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 person, this man is still going to speak. Yes. So Paul is a, he's a prophet. God, you, that's one of his gifts sure. that he's been given. And so God does speak through Paul at times. And at God, time. of course, uses Paul and Peter and John and Matthew and here Luke to produce scripture. To write. But again, that doesn't mean that, hey, Paul's sitting down over lunch with Timothy and he's just chit-chatting with him that everything that's fallen out of Paul's mouth is the word of God, is an inspired message. Mm-hmm. There, there are all kinds of things. And what we recognize from this is that actually we see very little of what Paul himself actually says. Mm. There are conversations, there are statements, there are ideas, there are, here's how I think things are going to go, here's what I want to do next. This is not inspired. This is yeah. not inspired. I, You know, Paul, like when he writes to the Corinthians, he has to say something to them like, hey, you knew I wanted to come to you, but I ended up not being able to come to you. This is not because my words are both no and yes at the same time, but here's the reasons for that. I, you know, So there were plans that Paul made that I have no doubt he told people, here's what I want to do, here's my plan, and it didn't happen that way. Do we say, ah, false prophet? No. That wasn't prophecy. That wasn't the word of God. So, And, you know, we even see some examples of that in our reading of Acts thus far. There were times when he had determined to go into an area and preach, but it was prevented, right? The door was closed. Mm-hmm. This other door is open to go in a different way. Um, you know, and, and I think that, that that's maybe a little case to say, hey, when God wanted him to go, here was the vision. Here was the message and prophecy. Uh, and yet he was also able to work independently of that at times, still in his desire to be faithful to his work and teaching the word of God, even if he wasn't actively uh, you know, prophesying 
at that time. So as we get later in the chapter when he says, the Lord's angel has appeared to me and this is what he's told me. Now, if that hadn't happened, now we'd be dealing with issues of false prophecy. Now we'd be dealing. And it's not because Paul himself is inspired and it's not because there are these moments in which he is inspired. But it's because this was a message from God. He made a claim that it was a message from God. And if it doesn't work, then he lied about it as being a message from God. Yeah. And so back to verse 10, and I apologize for asking you to do this, but just so like with the New King James, it says, man, I perceive Mm. this voyage. Is there a word similar to that with the ESV there? Uh, Yeah. Mine says says perceive. perceive. It says perceive. Yeah. My perception. Um, You know, which, which is, which is language. That says, I'm calling it like I see it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as opposed to, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, there's not an angel that shows up and says this. Yeah. Yeah. And and so the centurion, and obviously the centurion is the one that's in charge of what's going to happen next. Yes, he is. I, I can understand a captain of a ship who gets paid when everything is delivered. He's wanting to get there. Yeah. He said, I think we can make it. I think yeah. we can make it. I the think centurion we can certainly wants to get there. And and the centurion does because as long – if he ends up wintering someplace, he's got to yeah. pay attention to these prisoners. And if any of them escape, he's going to be on the hook for it Yeah, and will have to suffer their punishment. Yeah. So he's got a vested interest in moving this along as quickly as possible. So when the captain comes along and says, oh, yeah, I think we can do it. I can understand why he listened to the captain. I mean, Paul. Okay, yeah, you're some kind of itinerant rabbi. You're a tent maker. Why should I listen to you about this travel? But but Paul had some experience, apparently. Yeah. Had had God not intervened, what Paul said would have been true. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a place for common sense and <laughs> using our senses and uh, knowledge that we gain. Um, you know, the other thing that's kind of remarkable to me is we have been emphasizing this captivity, this prison time in Caesarea Maritima over two years, and Felix is just dragging this out, and Festus doesn't know what to do with him, and now when he's finally traveling, it almost seems like he's the one pumping the brakes. Uh, I'm telling you, let's not take this trip now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, we, we, you know, hurry up and wait. <laughs> well, I, again, I, I guess as I'm trying to piece together, and this is a bit of a speculation, that Paul knows he's going to make it to Rome. He doesn't know exactly how God's going to do it. He perceives that if we get on this ship, we're going to be in trouble. So he probably does think, if I let them know about this, they won't go because I know we're going to make it to Rome. Yeah. But I imagine he has faith once they get on the ship. Well, you know, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. But, of course, he wasn't. And there is is the storm, the Northeaster that comes along, and there is the, the trouble that they have. But God then reveals to him, hey, I am going to keep my promise to you. I'm going to and I and 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 not just you. I'm actually going to save everybody. For yeah. your benefit, I'm going to save everybody on this ship. It actually creates an opportunity for a demonstration of inspiration and the faithfulness of God to build faith in all who are involved. So so we've demonstrated what is not inspiration. Paul it, Paul is not inspired. So when we talk about we, I think we just have to get that straight. The people are not inspired as if that is just the thing that they carry with them all the time. Rather, God made sure that his message was inspired. Mm-hmm. Paul will write in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that all scripture mm-hmm. is inspired. That is, scripture is God-breathed. Peter's going to point out that he believes that Paul's letters are scripture. scripture. 
Paul, as he writes to the Corinthians, says, you guys need to recognize that the things I write to you are the Lord's command. Mm -hmm. He's adopting that role as prophet, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that these words do come from God. I am writing to you the Lord's word. Anything he said from that gift of prophecy, those words were inspired. So when we talk about inspiration, though, we need to understand that what that means is God got in this message what he wants. Yeah. Uh, yeah, men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, but it, it, the Holy Spirit didn't move them all the time. Did not move them all the time. And it's not necessarily an idea of the Holy Spirit ripped their head open, poured in the words. It's it's an amazing combination of the work of God as yeah. he uses people yeah. and God's ability to use people, which is why Luke doesn't sound exactly like Paul and Paul doesn't sound exactly like Peter. Yeah. And, and folks who have studied how letters are written and how uh, how patronage worked and how oh, the whole – you know, Studied they, vocabulary and oh, syntax yeah. and these different flavors that go with these different writers. And so what they've realized is that God – I think you've used this illustration before. I think we, I think we did uh, actually one of our live text talks with the Livingston congregation yeah. where you talked about, I, I guess, an ancient metaphor that was used for mm-hmm. this, that idea of like yeah. – playing an instrument that playing God a musical instrument that the that the prophet was like the lute yeah, or the, the lute, lyre the heart, and that's right. as God was and the holy spirit's pulling pulling the strings or plucking the strings to create the the exact tone the exact sound and what i loved about that ancient illustration and explanation is uh, any guitar guitarist will tell you to their ears not every guitar is the same mm-hmm. and they select the one they want uh, they need that guitar to make that tone when they play it this way with their expertise. And so you don't you don't look at the guitar and say, oh, this is an amazing song. You do look at the guitarist, the Holy Spirit. It's coming from the Holy Spirit, but he is choosing the, the tool instrument. he wants, mm-hmm. the instrument he wants to create that sound. Yeah. So God got in Scripture what he wanted, mm-hmm. not because he turned Paul into an inspired person, but because when God no wanted a message— No one could see your air quotes. That I was did just for quotes. my benefit. Yes, just for your benefit. <laughs> not because he turned him into an inspired person, air quotes, but because God's message is inspired. And when God used Paul to, to convey that message, the message was and is the word of God. And so we need to read these letters. That's from God. Just because Paul said something sitting around dinner or talking to people didn't make that the word of God. Ah, that's an insightful consideration as we look at this word of God, the Bible that we are reading together. And that's what Text Talk is all about. What are you reading in the Bible? Let us know. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeetyear.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Why don't we pray together? Our great God and Father, we love you, Father. You are so good to us, so kind, so wonderful. You have communicated to us so that we are not left wondering if you are there or what is your will. But Father, you communicated as you moved those to speak and write your word, have preserved it for us today in our Bible that we might know you, that we might love you, that we might serve you. We pray, Father, that you might keep us this day to that end for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,